Hey guys, if you are a father who would like to have a deeper relationship with your son, if you have a son that you're trying to pour into and develop, if you want to help your son see the greatness that you know he has in his life, I've got a very special event coming up June 23rd through 27. We are going to be in Cleveland National Forest. My father's coming with me, Who my, the man who you hear me talk about all the time, who helped me become who I've become in life. We're going to be doing a father-son rite of passage event, Map and Compass Land Navigation. I'll be teaching you how to use Map and Compass in the exact same place that I learned in Navy SEAL training. This is going to be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. You'll, rem- you'll have these memories for the rest of your life. If you want to find out more, you can click the link in the description below. We've only got 16 spots available and we've already sold a few of those you can find out more at the impossible.life slash legacy navigators that until you learn about money you learn how money works you learn how to think about money fear is going to be a part of the process for you and we don't want it to be if fear is if fear and money are hand in hand for you you are under uh, money's thumb you are being used by fear that's not what we want for anybody that's impossible let me tell you what i believe your weakness is not your technique. Yes! Yes! Don't think you are. No, you are. The Impossible Life Podcast. I mean, you're sitting on a winning lottery ticket. An idea that is fully formed, fully understood, that sticks. This is the Impossible Life Podcast. Because Nick and I are attempting to live impossible lives. What we know is that nothing is impossible. So instead of using impossible as an excuse to not try, we'll use the pursuit of impossible as an accelerant for greatness. If something's never been done before, that just means it's unexplored. If they tell you it's too hard, it's just waiting to be simplified. Impossible is a default label used by uncourageous people unwilling to take a risk. The real truth is this, the solution to any impossible task starts with this question. If I had to, what would it take? Welcome to another episode of the Impossible Life Podcast. My name is Nick Surface and I'm your co-host and I'm sat across from a man who would describe himself as hospitable because of the many ways he can put you in the hospital. That's right, friends. The former <laughs> Navy SEAL. Garrett Unklebach, a man who is loved by medical insurance companies everywhere. You know, I think they loved me for all the injuries I gave myself as a child. Yeah. You talk to your parents and like they, they're they like, oh, I think Garrett hurt himself yeah, again. Yeah, my parents will tell stories how like Garrett never got sick, but there was a season of his life where we went to the emergency room like every three or four months. Well, you know, you were just training for what was ahead of you and you didn't even know it. I have to say, I respect I respect your dedication to your craft. Every, every week, Nick shows up with another, I don't know, one-liner, whatever you want to call it. Well, I like to look at that as this is a long-term focus because if you go back and listen, Garrett was like so closed off to these in the beginning. He would just like try and mess me up or he would blank me and stare at me. And now you're like enjoying them just as much as I do. And man, I like to think that I've won a small small victory. So thank you. Small victories. Small victories. Now, today's topic, G, is actually uh, the number two reason for divorce in of all divorces. And unfortunately, as we know, 50% of marriages fail. Uh, but the number two reason for divorce is money. This is a topic that it, when you think about money, it has so much fear, anxiety. Uh, it's something that's wrapped about. It's, and, you know, it's like all over culture and society. There's nobody that if you go like, oh, do you care about money? They'll be like, yeah, no, I don't. This is something that is universally cared about. And there's 
as always, we're not, if you want money tips, there's a million guys out there. We're not even trying to come yeah, at it from if, that. If I was going to give one book to go read is Tony Robbins' book, Money Master of the Game, because he sits down with some of the greats. Yes. But we're going to talk about some things that aren't as, as aren't so much the primary topics of that book. Exactly. We want to get behind it to the thought process. And since you recommended a book, I'm going to recommend a book as well. Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. One yes. of the best books Excellent. I've ever read. It's one of my most gifted Some books. of the things we talk about today might be closer to that book than, uh, than yeah. Money Master of the Definitely Game. Definitely not going into the tactics, but if we can get to the thought process... Uh, I will say if you listen to our podcast regularly in episode eight, we talked about fear. The way this episode came up is I, well, we're, we're going to get into some of my background, but fear and anxiety for me was centered around this topic more than any other topic in my entire life. Mm-hmm. And we talked about Money Master the Game as, as books and different things that uh, you can use to help change your thinking on it. Well, one of the masters of all thought process in money is, of course, Warren Buffett. Warren, Warren Buffett. Um incredible investor what stands out about warren to me is his consistency and his track record there's a lot of people who can make money there's a lot of people who can make money in a season uh, but he is consistent and him and his partner charlie munger are also just great students they've been lifelong learners and they just get better and better and better here's some of his thoughts on money i love this one uh, different than what you might think about money it says the best investment you can make Now, listen, this is a guy who is one of the best investors in American history. The best investment you can make is an investment in yourself. The more you learn, the more you'll earn. Another thing that Warren Buffett says that I really like is he says, until you learn to make money while you sleep, Hmm. you'll work until you die. Man. He talks about how his dollars are employees. Yeah. There's another very wise person, Robert Kiyosaki. Uh, writer, author of the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Another book you should read if you're struggling around this concept of money. Robert Kiyosaki talks about, you could take everything away from me. If you bankrupted me, something happened to me, you know, lightning strikes my business. I lose all my money. I lose all my property. I lose everything. He said, I could build it back soon. I could build it back way faster and even better than before because of what I've learned, because Mm. of how I've changed in the process. So understand, and and really what what we want to get to is that the way that you think is going to control how you work with money, how you think about money. And if you struggle with money, if Um, If money creates problems for you, if money creates issues for you and your relationships and how you feel about yourself anywhere in your life, it starts with how you think about money. 100%. And, you know, and that leads us, we have a great mentor, of course, Pastor Keith Kraft. And one of the questions that he asked that I'd never heard in my life is he said, who taught you to think the way that you do? And how many people don't if think? You, if you haven't asked yourself that question or no one's asked you that question, you probably don't know why you think the way that you think. Exactly. And that would be the definition of living by default. And you're that Forrest Gump feather floating around, like I always say, and you do not want to live your <laughs> life that way because it, it worked out well for Forrest. But it, Go watch that movie if you don't know what Nick's talking yeah, about. Yeah, great movie. Uh, not necessarily sure that it always works out like that in life. But the, so the first thing to ask yourself, because we're talking about the thought process, is where did you learn to think about money? Like, not just where, who taught you to think like you do. Think specifically, where did you learn to think about money? I'm, I'm hoping right now you're starting to track back. For me, I start to think about my childhood. Obviously, your parents and the people that you're around are going to have a huge influence on you. But one of the places that we learn to do a lot of our thinking is in school. And if you go and think about school, uh, what is one of the main things that they don't really cover from elementary school all the way up? 
money, which is kind of crazy that they don't have like a personal finance class that they're like, you need to take this and learn how to do it. We do economics, macro, micro. We do all sorts of history, which I'm not knocking those things, but there's like this massive gap. I think the two gaps that our school system misses is nutrition and finance. And if you look at our country, uh, we're unfortunately reflecting some of those gaps. Uh, now, what I would say immediately is it's on you to go ahead and learn those things if you know that. But Absolutely. The, but the other thing about school, and this is what's even more interesting to me when you talked about uh, when you start to go, where did you learn to think about money? So if you know Seth Godin, he is renowned in the marketing world, which is why I know and love him. Uh, he spelled, if you just start typing Seth into Google, he has a massive flex. Like if you just put Seth in Google, he's the number one guy that comes up. But his last name is Gio. That's, uh, that's impressive. Yeah. Uh, Garrett wants to have that one day, and I do think he could do it because there's not a lot of Garretts. But Seth Godin, his last name is G-O-D-I-N. He has a lot of thoughts on our school system, and I actually read, and I'll link to it in the show notes, his history of school. And so one of the things that's very interesting is when the school system is not as old as you think it is, like if you if you look at the industrial age, a lot of the factory workers were children, right? So yeah. suddenly they come in and say, hey, we want to start sending, we want to start the school system nationally and send all these kids to school. And the factory workers are like, whoa, 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 you're going to destroy us because we rely on these children for, you know, for work. So what they said is they, they, prom- they said to them, don't worry, when they get done with school, they'll be even better factory workers. Now, now think about that. So factory workers, they have a bell, they come in, they get in front of their station and they go all day until another bell comes and they go take their break. Sit here until I tell you that you can get up yes. and you can take a five minute break and then you have to come back and sit down. Yeah. Does that sound like anywhere else, G? Yeah. Oh, right. That sounds like our school system. And this is what's interesting. So, so many people, we don't take a big picture perspective. We just kind of, well, that's just the way it is. But when you start going back to where it comes from, what, what you're subconsciously being trained in school is how to be a great employee and how to kind of go, this is what you're going to do. This is what you're going to be given. And that's the limitation. So as a result, we have people that come out of school with a very limited way. They're, they're there to be an employee. Hopefully I can go to school, get a good job, and that'll be my life. Awesome. Nope. Maybe people think that consciously, maybe they don't, but you are being subconsciously. And we're not trying to just hate on being an employee for sure, but you don't want to be there. We don't want you to be there if that's not where you, where you want to be. Yeah. If you feel limited and you feel frustrated in what you're making, it's just important to understand, okay, what are some of the root thought processes? Because I think if we could sum up this whole podcast, it's like, if you could change the way you think, you can change your life. I want employees in my own business. I want people who are employees to not feel like factory workers. Exactly. Everyone should possess the ability to think for themselves, to grow for themselves, and to understand the value that they bring and how they bring value. That, you know, anyone who doesn't want those type of employees doesn't want the best for this country, doesn't want the best for the economy, doesn't want the best for their team. All right. But that's the type of people that I want working for me. And that's what I want for every single one of my listeners, whether, whether you want, um, to become an entrepreneur or you want to, you know, just be a better employee, Nick and I want you guys to be great thinkers. Yes. 100%. So I, I, we're going to go a little bit deeper on this behind the thought process, but like that first question of where you learn to think, I really hope you get that. So for me, I want to add something really quick on the, the school thought process. I know this is like hitting all the moms out there uh, with, you know, homeschool and everything. And I think it's very interesting uh, how school enrollments have declined so hard in the last few years. But just wanted to add this in Uh, as much as I love reading and love learning. I'm also a movie lover and a movie that I love 
um, that, that I, I learned a lot from, you know, movies give you these thoughts, movies can give you takeaways, they can give you an image or an illustration that you just connect with or that you learn something from. Viggo Mortensen uh, did a movie called Captain Fantastic. There's parts of this movie that I don't necessarily prefer, uh, but also in this movie, him and his wife raised all their children, you know, like out in the woods, kind of like in the wild, but all of their children are absolutely brilliant, Mm. like extremely intelligent. They've got, you know, 11, their 11 year old daughter could write college, you know, doctorate level essays, like all their children are that smart. And because they educated them differently, Mm. one, their parents educated them and they're not just smart at school stuff, right? They're smart in, in every area. Uh, but one of the things that they give their children is really this love of learning, mm-hmm. which school never did that for me. Like right. I, I was always in this battle in school where it's like, man, I really enjoy learning, but why do I hate school so much? Yeah. Um, so anyways, just if you get the chance, go check out this movie, Captain Fantastic with Viggo Mortensen. The guy who, it's not a, it's not a true story. The guy who wrote this, uh, this movie, he wrote it out of his aspirations of a father. He said, mm, what if you could good. do this way? Yeah. So it's kind of like his dream of what if I could teach my children to be this way, to think this way. And there's, you know, there's a story to the movie. I won't ruin it for you. But anyways, go check it out. Yeah. And it also makes me think of my nickname for you, which is Captain Awesome. <laughs> Anytime somebody. I feel like that's a little sarcastic. It's 100% sarcastic, <laughs> but it's also uh because you'll like be like yeah and then i choke this bear out and i'm just like okay captain awesome like most people don't do that sort of stuff funny side note my wife and i have started watching the show chuck and there there's i don't know that show yeah i didn't know it either but there's a guy in there that he calls captain awesome because he's just like (laughs) perfect at everything and it made me laugh because that's certainly not me yeah no i yeah anyways but okay going back to this so we've talked about where you, you learn from i love the captain fantastic thought process i think there's a lot that I started thinking about just listening to you talk about that movie. So I'll have to check that out. But the fear and anxiety around money, uh, we talked about this. If you did, you said if we did a word association game with people and we said, yeah, for a lot of people, if, if, you know, I, I hope that this isn't the case for you, but if we did word association where it's okay, if I say this word, tell me the first word that comes to your mind. Or if, even if we couldn't tell you, if I could just, we could see what's in your mind for mm-hmm. a lot of people. If you say money, the first word that comes to their mind is bills. Yes, exactly. And what comes from bills? It's like, oh, how am I going to? How am I going to meet my money? How am I going to, you know, pay them off so and still have enough to do X, Y, Z? And so it's just, it's a fear, it's an anxiety, it's a stress. Here's one. This is this should make it very real for you. This is how much fear grips everyone around the concept of money. Money, you can't avoid money unless you go like live in Alaska, live off the land. You know, good on you. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as I would like doing that, I don't want to do that because then I won't have the ability to impact other people's lives. And I think relationship and growth yes. is such an important part of life. So unless you go live in Alaska with the bears, um, you can't avoid money. This is an example of how much fear grips our lives with money. I've had the opportunity to talk with uh, some of my brothers from the SEAL teams um, as they transition. You know, guys who are my age, guys who've done 20 years, uh, guys from all different types of experience. And, and they just hit me up because they're on their transition and, and we were friends. And they watched me transition, you know, years ago. And they're hitting me up for advice, talking to me about what they're doing. This is, this is absolutely crazy to me. And I remind these guys of this because one, one of the things I love about the SEAL teams is you can just talk straight to people. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to beat around the bush. Like you can just tell them how it is. And I would tell some of my friends how it is when we would have this conversation where these are a lot of these guys that, are, that I've talked to, dudes that I had so much respect for. Mm-hmm. Some of them were my leaders. These guys were just incredibly respectable. Some of them I even looked up to. And they're getting out of the SEAL teams. They're making this transition and I'm seeing something in them that I've never seen before. 
I've never seen these people be afraid. Mm. But when they're talking about, you know, what am I going to do when I get out? How am I going to make money? All of this, like fear has entered the chat and and it blows my mind. I'm like, dude, you were like, literally, you've told me some of the stories that you've been through. You have stared death in the face dozens of times, but now just the concept of potentially where am I going to get a paycheck from? Yeah. And you're afraid. Right. Think about this Mm, for yourself. Um, And I just I bring that up. I won't go deep into that. I just bring that up to say it hits everybody. So don't think that you're you know, you're a bad person or don't think that you're special. Just understand that until you learn about money, you learn how money works. You learn how to think about money. Fear is going to be a part of the process for you. And we don't want it to be. If fear is if fear and money are hand in hand for you, you are under uh, money's thumb. Mm -hmm. You are being used by fear. That's not what we want for anybody. So again, just bringing up the seal story to say everyone can get gripped by fear. Yeah. And I think it's, you touched on so many things there. I mean, where does it come from? I mean, for a lot of people, fear comes from uncertainty, right? It, it, and, the, and I think for me, whenever I was in this, this uh, situation, I always would go back to the zero sum thought process. Like I would feel, I've, and it would, I would remove the power and the controllables as if like, what if, what if this happens? And then I lose everything and then we're homeless and we're out on the streets. And it was completely irrational thought process because in actuality, there's people that love me that wouldn't let us go out on the streets. And it would take a very, like, I don't even know what would have to happen for you to literally not be able to afford a meal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, so well, ask yourself this question too. Like you may be in a, you may be in a really difficult situation. Maybe, you know, your job is at risk. Maybe you've recently lost yeah. your job. Maybe you are counting what you got, you know, like, man, I've got four or five weeks worth of money and then I'm going to be out of money. Like, what am I going to do? One, you need to remember what you're capable of. Right. And you're at your weakest when you're afraid. Yes. Right. If you'll take fear out of the equation, like there's a, there's a really good stoic thought process where, you know, we talk about how important gratitude is, Mm -hmm. but there's also a really great stoic process where you think about how, how worse things could be. Yeah. And what that'll remind you of is what you really have. I want you to think about this, right? If you've like had fear about money, what if your bank account was all zeros? What if you're overdrawn by a hundred dollars? Uh, are you going to like die instantly? I think of this, um, another movie. I can't remember the name of it. I think it was just in time or something like that, but it was Justin Timberlake. Yeah, it, it is, was. Yeah. Is that what it was called? Yeah. And, and in, in the future, um, time is your currency. Yes. And if your clock time hit zeros, then you actually, uh, did die. That's not reality. Right. Though, right. If you run out of money, you're not going to instantly die. But a lot of people live that way. Like, man, what, what would happen? Nothing. You would keep on breathing. Like you would have all the same opportunities that you currently have if you ran out of money. And that some, that's some of the conversation that I would have with some of my seal brothers. Like, what if man, like you've been backed into a corner a hundred times in your life. Like maybe you should run out of money. You might yes. see the best part of you. Yeah. Right? And that's not for everybody, but that's for some of these guys. Right. But just let go of that thought process and start to think about what's possible and not all the things that could go wrong. Not all the things that can crush you. Yeah. You know, and you, gee, we said this before. I'll remind people to listen to episode eight on fear. When you're operating from a place of fear, you are at your smallest, weakest place. And I talk about like, I see this with my German shepherd. She's 65 or 70 pounds now and she's ferocious and she's fast and she's athletic. She's almost two years old now. So she's like, she's a beast. And if I, if she does something wrong or if I raise my voice to her, she cowers down and she shrinks and her ears go back and her tail goes between her legs and she like shrinks down to the corner. And I'm looking at her, I'm like, you're a ferocious beast that could make my life difficult. I'd like to think I could win in a fight with my, my dog, but she could I hope so. 
dude, I would. I'm just, I'm trying to be generous during case she listens to the pod. But, <laughs> but, but the point is, people see a German Shepherd and a lot of people know, okay, you don't mess with those dogs. But yeah. at that moment when I'm yelling at her, she's literally showing me what fear does to you. Makes you hide in the corner and forget all your strengths and all the things that you're capable of. And what you talked about is that thought process. You're like, to these Navy SEALs, bro, you have literally faced the worst things that you can as far as a threat to your your livelihood and you've gone through them on a daily basis. It was your job and now this is going to make you forget all the things that you have. Like you're resilient, you're smart, you, you know how to problem solve. All these things that you forget whenever you're afraid because yeah. you're just looking at like, well, I need this. What if this doesn't and, happen? And for SEALs, you know, so many guys like me, they joined at a very young age. So this is like a new problem for them. Like they're right. like, man, you know, I'm this old. I'm, I'm in my 30s. I'm in my 40s. And this is just a problem I have no familiarity with. Right. Right. I went through this transition. So the point is, everyone has to go through this transition, which is really a transformation into yes. how to think about money correctly. And the first part of thinking about money correctly is letting go of fear. Yes, 100%. And remember that fear is tied to uncertainty, but you can remind yourself of past problems that you've solved, of past victories, and be like, hey, if I did that, I know that I've got it in me to go and solve a new problem. We need to remind ourselves of our victory. The Bible says to stir up your faith. And, and sometimes I will say that to people that we need to remind ourselves of where God stepped Absolutely. into our life. We also need to remind ourselves of when we went in there and rocked it. You know what I mean? Put your, put your shoulders back, man. Have back yourself. The question in the fear podcast is go listen to it. The If you haven't listened to it, the question in the fear podcast is what is fear costing you? Yes. A lot of people treat emotions like they're free. Mm -hmm. right? You think like being angry is free. It'll cost you your relationships. Man. Most expensive emotion is fear. Man, I love that. Gee, that's so true. And if you ever are caught in that zero sum thought process, it's kind of funny because we're surrounded by growth and it's, and we don't acknowledge it because if I said to most people, what is a recession, which technically we are in right now by definition, everybody would answer. What would they say? G? Yeah. The, the, uh, typical definition of recession is uh, decline for two quarters of GDP, which is gross domestic product. Now, uh, so what does that imply? It implies that we grow, right? Yeah. Because if, if, if typically we're, we're growing. Yeah. So and it, you can go back. I mean, Google some of these things. Go look at how much money is in circulation. Go look at GDP by decade. All like things are going up and we are creating more value. Our productivity is going up. Like if you look at a big picture of humanity, our productivity curve just keeps going up and we make these giant leaps in industrial revolution and in the technical revolution that like when, when, sorry, this. keep going. No, it, it just, it propels our productivity. So things are constantly growing, you know, and, and yet sometimes we can sit there and be so afraid that, that we're just going to be cut off and die and it's not going to be around. That is not what humanity is about. God made us to grow and to win. And we can ignore all that because of fear. When you learn to be fearless, you'll actually look at like some difficult and uncertain times as times of great opportunity. Massively. Even Warren Buffett, who is, um, I would say he's like, he's not, he's not the riskiest investor, but Warren Buffett is also someone who says when everyone is buying, you should be selling or you right. should be holding. And when everyone is selling, that's the time to start buying. If you go back to the uh, you know, 2008, 2009 recession, some of the most valuable companies that exist today were started during that period, yeah. right? This is a time for great opportunity, yeah. but you'll never see it if you're afraid. 100%. But let's come back to the growth thought process. I kind of want to, I want to just like give this thought or analogy. I love the simplicity of like farming type yeah. growth of just, you know, planting a seed and sowing it. Uh, cause in its simplest form, it relates so much to all of us. 
I want to give some of the numbers because um, I, I looked this up because it's something I was really interested in. And, and I have a couple friends that are actual real farmers. And sometimes, I, I man, I just love talking to these guys because they grew up around this. To me, it's just something that I, I learn about and watch videos on YouTube of. But think about this. To grow wheat, right, which turns into bread, which is food for so many people, one pound of wheat seed right? So that's two cups, right? Like you could almost get a pound of wheat seed just holding your hands together. 16 ounces of wheat seed turns into one and a half bushels of grain. Well, how much is a bushel, Garrett? I don't know how much a bushel is. Well, I didn't either until I looked it up. Let me tell you. One bushel, so one pound of wheat turns into one and a half bushels of grain. One bushel of wheat will produce 42 42 loaves of bread that that are a one and a half pound loaf of bread. Mm. Right. So think about that. Crazy. One, you can hold all this seed in your hand and what that'll turn into, because, well, that's, you know, one bushel is 42 loaves. So we're, we're talking about 63 loaves of bread from one pound no, of one pound turns into 63 pounds. One pound of, of grain turns into 63 pounds of actual bread. Well, that's 63 loaves. No, no, 42 loaves, you said, but that the yep. weight, the weight. I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it. 42 loaves of bread that are one and a half Pound loaf of bread. Yeah, which would be 63 pounds total. (laughs) Nick is arguing with with me about math on the podcast. I love it. One pound of wheat turns into one and a half bushels of grain. One bushel turns into 42 loaves of bread that are one and a half loaves of bread. So let's start with the one pound of wheat to one and a half bushels. That becomes 63 loaves of bread that are one and a half pounds. Then you can multiply 63 times 1.5, Nick. Okay. I'm going to argue this with you off thing because I made those notes, but whatever. Uh, Anyways. Our personal battles are getting in the way of the point. I, apo- <laughs> I, apologize. I apologize. I'm so triggered by Garrett all the time. I need to, I need to resist that temptation. The, the point is, is that you could take an amount of seed that weighs one pound and turn it into look, an exponential. Look at the difference. Yeah. yeah. Um, it takes 120 days to grow that seed, yeah. right? And think about what are the seeds in your life? Your seeds is your time. Seeds is your money. Seeds yes. is your relationship. There's a lot of things that can be seed if you look at it as seed. It takes 120 days when you put that seed in the ground for spring wheat to grow and to become wheat. Now, during that time of putting the seed in the ground, one, it's scary, right? Like you got to do some work and then you're going to put this seed in the ground. It used to be in your hand. It used to be something that, well, I could eat this seed, yeah. but now I'm going to put it in the ground. Well, what if it dies? I mean, you just buried it under the ground. And that's truly what happens. It, it dies and becomes something else. What if, you know, I've been working on it for two months. I'm, I'm pulling the weeds. I'm making sure it gets watered. I'm looking after it all the time. What if I'm two months into this uh, process? I'm 60 days. I'm halfway through. And then hail comes and destroys my crops. Yeah. Right? There's a risk that you have to take. Um, but you can never produce more than what's in your hand unless you start to add value to it, unless you start to work, unless you start to take risks. But what a lot of people will do is they'll look at this seed and they'll have a scarcity mindset. They'll have a fear mindset around it. And they're like, well, man, this is, this is all that I have. This one pound of seed is all that I have. And I could also just slowly eat this and it could sustain me, yeah. right? Or or I could take this pound of seed that I have and I could invest it. I could put it in the ground and turn it into more. And think about that one pound of seed into 63 or or whatever it is, loaves of bread. I mean, you can eat so much more from that much bread than from the seed, but you've got to be willing to take the risk. You've got to be willing to do the work. You've got to be willing to make the investments. And so the the thought process shift that we want people to have 
is the transactional mindset is the eat your seed mindset. Yeah. Transactional mindset is, well, all I can do is time for money. Like that doesn't give you any ability to grow yourself or multiply your capacity. Think about the work it would take, right? Like, okay, say we, say we become farmers. I'm going to put my pound of, of wheat in the ground and I'm going to, I'm going to pull out one and a half or I'm going I'm to pull out one and a half bushels of grain. Okay, well, I'm going to eat a little bit of that, and then I'm going to continue to reinvest. And so next year, I'm going to put, I don't know what it would be, you know, next year, I'm going to put four or five, or next season, I'm going to put four or five pounds of, of seed in the ground. Okay, now, now this is like all that I can possibly do by myself. Now I've got to start buying some more equipment. Yeah. Now I've got to start adding some team members. Mm-hmm. Now I've got to start thinking, man, how do I even haul all this to the market? Right, it continually creates new problems. But if you'll invest in yourself, if you'll peak, yeah keep growing if you'll be a keep being a problem solver you will have more and more opportunities to grow and that value is there for those who are willing to work for it but if you have the fear mindset if you're just transactional if you just eat your seed all that's all you can ever have Mm -hmm. yeah and and that's so man that's so good g so the eat seed versus sow seed i'm just thinking about you know my daughters play a lot of video games on their ipads and we will all have grown up uh Dune was a great game whenever I was uh, when I was a kid. When you can grow and you can go out, and what you Halo do, was my game. Was it okay? Well, you know these these like build your own kingdom games where yeah, you, Minecraft is the big right, one now. Exactly, or Roblox, I right? Think. Yeah, so you set yourself up and you have your base, and then you have your harvesters that you send out, and they bring you in money. And we can all sit there and play those games on iPads because it's all set up for us. The problem is that you have that game in real life, but nobody's saying here's the rules and here's what's to do. You know what's funny is like people play those games and you never like you'll see a kid play that game and immediately they get to work. Yeah. Like I got to start mining resources. Yep. I got to start building stuff. Why don't we do that with our lives? I've never seen a kid play Minecraft and be like, no, I'm just going to chill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm just going to see what happens. I just want to go watch. sit by this creek for a couple hours. Just chill. That's true though. But, but. <laughs> The huge thing about that is because I think a lot of people make emotional decisions around right. that and they don't have any intentionality around what they're doing. Because there's no, there's no fear in the game. Right. There's no it's consequences. Exactly they're, yeah, they're not dealing with the emotion. Yeah, if the consequence is, oh, I'll just re- I'll, I'll re-download the game. Or I'll, I'll, I'll load again. my last save. I'll just, <laughs> yeah. I'll just back up a little bit. Yeah, exactly. So when people don't have that fear, they're, they're able to operate and they feel like they're set up to win in the game because obviously the game is there and you know the whole point is to grow. We are telling you, God made you to win. The whole point of your life is to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, right? Take dominion. God made you to win. I want you to realize that. If you realize that your life is like the game that you've seen on iPads and other video games, suddenly you'll start realizing it's a different outcome. You don't need to be afraid. What you need to realize is that if you pay your price, if you go out and you start creating value, we're telling you that the investments, the sowing, the seeds that we talked about is not you actually putting a physical seed in the ground. It's you going out and making yourself better. What can you do that you can go out and learn? Who can you be around? What skill set do you not have now? Or what knowledge do you not have now? An experience that you don't have now that you could go get that, yes, you may not get paid to start with. You may not see a transactional, I'm going to do X and I'm going to get Y. But what you don't realize is that over time, just like the analogy that Garrett gave you, that 120 days for it to grow, over time you will look back and realize, wait a minute, because of what I just did, I actually know this, this, and this, and I'm a lot more valuable and I can bring more value. And when you bring more value, Garrett, what do we exchange for, for value in our uh, society? Money. Yep. Value leads to profit. Um, if you, if you, but if you look at it this way, if you say like, well, I'm only going to 
do things that directly give me money yes. where there's no in-between, where there's no risk, where there's no growth period, you won't make very much money. That is, and I'm not, I'm not hating on being an employee. Listen to me. But I'm, what I'm telling you is that if you only do things, well, if when I clock in, when I do eight hours, then I get this much money. If you only do those types of investments, that is the, that is the, um, the equivalent of just eating your seed. Yes. You've got to start doing it. Quit being a seed eater and start becoming a seed sower. Where are some things where I can put some seed in the ground in? And maybe I don't, I'm not a hundred percent certain how this is going to work out, but I do believe from what I learned. I do believe from what I've seen. I do believe from what I've observed in nature that when you do these things, yes. they do lead to greater value. Value always leads to profit, just not always directly. <clears throat> This is a conversation that I have uh, with CEOs uh, when I get the opportunity to come in and help them rewrite their vision and their mission, their values, things like that for their company. Something I've seen very often is where business owners, their thought process for why their company exists is, or their, their vision or mission sounds something like this of to be number one in our industry, yeah. right? And that is not why you exist as a business. You exist to serve your clients. You exist to bring value to the market, to do something for other people. And if you'll do that, you'll be rewarded for it. But I just want to simplify this for you and help you think, what is the seed that I have in my life? Where can I make investments? Where can I put seed in the ground instead of just sowing seed? One, you got to start saving up seed. That's uh, saving up time, saving up money so that you can be an investor with it. But then start making investments. And I'm not just talking about putting money in the stock market or putting money in a real estate investment. I, like even if you, if you want to continue to be a, an employee and you are a great employee, think like, where can I sow into my job? Right. Like where can I work yes. outside of what my normal responsibilities are? Where can I sow into myself so that I can grow and be better at my job? Yes. That's how you're going to make more money. Right. right. But you're not going to make more money just being transactional. You're not going to make more money with this stupid thought process that I'm seeing people talk about. What it, uh, the quiet quitting this not, have you seen this? No. So quiet quitting is this new like Gen Z thought process of, you know, well, my boss is telling me he needs me to <laughs> think of the, uh, the office space analogy going to need you to uh, come in on Saturday. <laughs> right. So yeah. quiet quitting is this, um, is this trend or what, whatever people are talking about how I'll stay at my job, but I'm going to quit. You know, I heard Gary V say, say one time, I thought this was really sharp. He said, you know, what even worse than people who quit and leave are the people who quit and stay. Yeah. I saw him say that Man. like six or seven years ago, right? Because people will do that. It's yeah. like, you've quit, but you're still here. Well, there's this thought process now that Gen, Gen Z people are saying, well, I'm tired of being overworked. I'm tired of being treated this way. So I'm going to quiet quit. I'll stay here at the job. I'll keep clocking in, but I'm not going to do anything extra. Right. If you want to keep doing that, you're just going to keep eating your seed. Yeah. If you want to be that way, nothing is going to change for you in your life. You'll still be upset about your bills. You'll still be a victim. You'll still be saying, why is it? Why does this keep happening to me? Why can't things get better for me? You know, when things are going to get better for you, when you let go of fear, you know, when things are going to get better for you, when you start investing in yourself and when you start putting seed in the ground and saying, where can I add more value? Right. I know I'm only getting paid for X amount of value, but where can I where can I give 2x value? Where can I put seed yes. in the ground? Because that is the way that life works. 
works. You may not like it. You may be upset about it. And as uh, old Shapiro says, facts don't care about your feelings, yeah. right? You've got to understand this is the way that the world works. And if I'll put seed in the ground, if I will make investments, if I will say, where can I add value to other people's lives? Where can I invest in myself? Then I can see growth. Then I can turn a pound of seed into 63 loaves of bread, or you can just be afraid. You can not like it and you can keep eating your seed. I love that, G. That was so well said, man. The focus that stuck out over and over again as we go through this thought process is eat seed is very much focused on get money, transactional. It's just like, I just want to get money. I just want to get. Sow seed is very much focused on value and on adding value. And you see the one is to take and the one is to give. And it's amazing how when you give, how much more you get back. It, when, when I was talking, it kind of dawned on me while we were talking is some of the underlying beliefs that you need to have to grow. And I touched on them whenever I, and what I said is when I said God made you to win, that is a belief that I really have been so convinced in. And I look and I have so many things I can point to to prove that as well as what the word of God says. But I think for a lot of people, their lack of success and their fear around finance comes from a place of belief that they're not afraid, that they're not aware of. They may have an inferiority belief or they may, you know, in England where their class system is really strong, I, I came across this a lot where I would be like, hey, what do you want to do? And people would be like, it was something they never even thought of because they were like, well, I'm, the born, I'm born here, I'm going to die here and this is just what we do. And yeah. it was very much a belief of, well, this is how it is and I can't do that. So you have to have a belief that you were, that you were made for more and that you were made to win. And also, if you're going to bring value, you can't be transactional. So what is that thought process? For me, it's a Romans 8.28 thought process. Gee, God makes all things work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So for me, that second belief that I need is that even if it doesn't turn out the way that I think it's going to be whenever I go to add value, even if what I'm doing, I don't see the money come flowing in or I don't see it come in the time that I thought it was, I know that I'm getting better because God made me to win. And I believe that things will, there's things that are happening that I'm unaware of, but I will be better for it. And as I always say, when you get better, everything in your life gets better. And I got that from Pastor Keith Kraft. I think about, I'm just still on this analogy, you know, like think about if you are, if you are a farmer, right? And if, what if your focus as a farmer is like, you're a guy who farms wheat. What if your focus as a farmer is like, man, there's so many people around me that need food, right? They, they need bread. And in your thought process is like, man, I'm going to give everything that I have to produce as much bread as I can possibly produce this year. Mm. And like, what's the lowest amount that I need for myself? And then I'm going to continue to invest that so that next year, like I know this year I could only make 500 loaves of bread, but what if next year, but you know, my village needs 2,500 loaves of bread. What can I do about that? Mm. I'm going to do everything that I can so that next year I can make a thousand loaves of bread. And then I'm going to, you know, maybe I'll, get a friend to invest with me or I'll take a loan or I'll figure out how I can even reduce what I take and I'm going to invest even more. You think that way, right? Like he's not thinking about how much money I could make. Correct. He's thinking about how much more people could I help? How many more yeah. people could I serve? And, and this farmer is going to go from a pound of seed to becoming one of the most wealthy people in the village. Yeah. And he's also going to become consequently the one who has served the most people who's provided bread for so many people who's fed people. I mean, so just think about this process that way. He created this value. He solved these problems and then it turned into money. Don't focus on the money. Yes. Focus on where can I produce value? Maybe you are, maybe you're not the farmer. Maybe you are a laborer for the farmer. You're just a guy who, you know, with a sickle cuts stuff down in the field and sows stuff. 
What if you went to the farmer and said, you know, I'd like to, could I put some of my own seed in the ground? Like it's not very much. I've just got this handful and I know you put hundreds of pounds of seed in the ground every year, but could I put a pound of my own seed in the ground? Well, could I stay a little bit extra? Could I help sharpen the equipment? Yeah. Could I help, you know, plow some new ground for us to be able to sow? If you start thinking the same vision as the farmer, if you start thinking, well, not so much, what can I get out of this, but what could I give to other people? What value could I produce? If you'll think that way, you'll make so much more money than, than thinking about how much seed am I going to be able to eat? Yeah. Oh man, I love that. And for some of the people that might be out there, um, there's so many quotes and it's been accredited to many people, but they just say, there's a great quote that says money will only make you more of what you are. Mm. So if there's people out there that are like, this is a great thought process. I love it. I love the ad value, but I'm barely surviving here, man. Like I'm living paycheck to paycheck. I'm, I'm, you know, t- food to, table to mouth or whatever the same hand, hand to mouth. Yeah. That saying I've been in that situation for the, actually the majority of my life as I look back now. And I can tell you that once I started to get to the place where I was not in that situation anymore, financially, my thought process was still just as fearful and anxious as it ever was. So it, it I'm telling you now that if you think, well, once I get this amount of money, then I'll stop thinking like this. You're lying to yourself, man. Yep. Because money will only make you more of what you are. So I just want to caution you against that. You need to break the cycle now in your thinking. If we just super summarize your life, I mean, going from living hand to mouth, paycheck to paycheck, to making a lot of money. Now I'll just say it that way. If we just like super summarize your process, you let go of fear. Yep. And you started investing in yourself. You changed the way that you thought. You got better at what you did. And look at you now, how much value you produce for like some of the biggest clients in this country. Yeah. And that's what we, that's what we really want to say. We want to give you a new process and we've touched on it extensively over this, but Garrett summarized it. Let go of fear. Understand, like we said in our, in episode eight, know what your, know your fear, identify what it's costing you and despise your fear. You are in the smallest, weakest form of yourself. If, and you're, if you're looking at money and you're from fearful place, you're the smallest, weakest self and you're trying to get yourself out of there. Not going to happen. Invest in yourself. Like we said, like Garrett said, we gave you all those Warren Buffett quotes. We gave so many extensive I heard an, another, and I heard another wise investor say, the only investment that I've, that I've never lost on is an investment in myself. There you go. And that's the last, that's the last step of the process is create value. So let go of fear, invest in yourself, create value. Those are our steps. Um, we're going to wrap. I want to give you the challenges. Our challenges are, and you're going to, you've heard this before during this episode. First one, ask yourself this question. Where did you learn to think about money? Really go back and think about some of the impactful moments in your life, what you learned in school, your family that you were raised in, what was your financial situation like, things like that. And then second one, what fears do you need to let go of and replace with new beliefs so that you can thrive, bring the most value, and be your absolute best self? I want to add one more question. Please do. Is think about what your seed is. Mm, Spend some time thinking, you. you know, what is the seed that I have to invest? So if you'll, if you'll think about, your, if you'll identify what your seed is, you can say, where have I been eating it that I could be putting it in the ground instead? Love that. All right, guys. We will see you again soon. Thank you very much for listening, guys. Remember to share, like, subscribe. If you think that this would be something that someone would enjoy, please send it to them. We appreciate it all. If you want to get in touch, you can follow us on Instagram at The Impossible Life. You'll find us on there. You can also email at impossiblelifepodcast at gmail.com. If you have any questions, if you want to get in touch and find out about Garrett's personal or business coaching, 
that's the way to do it. Thank you again for listening. Go out there, think better, and live the impossible. See you again soon. Long before ice baths were a thing, Garrett was doing them in the SEAL teams. Now we do them as part of our daily morning routine to make us better. We are very pleased to have partnered with Freedom Plunge. Freedom Plunge is on a mission to bring cold exposure to everyone. They believe that cold plungers should be affordable, easy to use, and represent the customer themselves. Cold plunges shouldn't cost a fortune, and these ones don't. Garrett and I both use our Freedom Cold Plunge every single day. It's customized. You can put whatever you want on them. For us, we have our Impossible Life logos. And here's the best part. Just for listening to this podcast, you can go to freedomplunge.com, use the discount code IMPOSSIBLE, and save $500 off any Freedom Plunge. These things are half the price of the ones that you see on the internet, plus you're going to save an additional $500 with code IMPOSSIBLE. Go to freedomplunge.com and get yourself one now. You will not regret it.